Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, January 5th, 2023. A Widow Wednesday on a Thursday. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the rogue one at Gary Witta. Good morning. It's been a while since you and you and I were together here like this. It's been a long time since you were here, Gary. Some Thank might say so too much. long. I, most people would, it turns out. You know, I fucked up. I don't know if you saw, I fucked up yesterday. Where I did a Greg way on Patreon where I was just, some somebody asked like, hey, you know, whatever happened, what, why aren't you guys using part-timers as much for Kind of Funny Games Daily anymore? And I was like, oh, well, you know, and I had a whole long explanation for why. But basically, I'm like, well, you got Tim, me, and Blessing. And so that's the core identity of the show. And so, we yeah, know, I mean, now my, you're all together in an, in, a, in an office. You don't need... Uh pinch hitters like me anymore well clearly we do as you're here today and that was the thing of course right when we discussed in september the fact i'm like hey i want you to focus on xcast you're going to be number one on the bench for games daily so when i go traveling when tim has a conflict when bless is hosting something you'll we'll get you in there and then it just happened that you know basically september until right now we didn't need any pinch hitters but lord almighty ladies and gentlemen we are if you're an audio listener working from home again right now because uh san francisco is getting rocked by an atmospheric river uh causing black blackouts flooding all sorts of stuff and you got so, it right outside my window here it's not too bad at the moment but last night it was really coming the down. winds man last night Jesus, super Louise. strong winds yeah yeah and of course well, yesterday was, uh, while you were doing the x cast at the studio halfway the power to the x cast i was we were talking me and snowbike mike and paris were talking about games and the lights went out right in the middle of it we had to abandon it then there was a rush to get home because there was a we had a, a, a leaking window at home and i needed oh. to get back and it took a while to get back because a street light got blown over on the highway and like three lanes of the highway were were closed off. It was just it's a it's a mess out there, man. So then, yeah, we were like, all right, well, you know, we'll work from home today and make sure we get it done. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, I'll get to it in the housekeeping. It means a few things are going to be sacrificed on the old uh, funeral pyre here of uh, Atmospheric River. But then when people got home, Tim's PC didn't work. Blessing has no power. So I was like, you know what, Gary? I should have recorded that Gregway today and it would have been a little bit I mean, there's sense, no, I mean, there's no guarantee we'll get through even this podcast. We could have a You know, power God power. willing, I'd love just to sit around in the dark and read a book. I'd have a candle, I guess. It wouldn't be dark, you know. My, uh, We had some Dickensian times at my house last night. The power went out briefly, and yep. my daughter was forced to uh, – she was only able to watch YouTube videos on her, on her iPad that she'd already downloaded. Oh, my it was God, like, no. It was like something, it was like something uh. out of um, – it really was like something out of, like, uh, Bleak House or, you know, David Copperfield or something. She then like got her quill out and wrote in her diary like one of those civil war letters from home <laughs> from the front yeah, <laughs> yeah from the course. front well i'm happy to have you back gary you know of course uh, you and i got to spend some time together over break yeah over the holidays the we got that our kids huge. together we our, our kids who are only two days apart right met together yeah. for the first time and had a little play date you got to meet my mother-in-law it was all Very fun cool. it was good we had a nice dinner together yeah it's good well, I love you, Gary. You know that. I like being your Aww, friend. So I'm excited sweet. to have you back here on top of this and doing this because, of course, we're going to talk about PlayStation 5's 
coming to a shelf near you. PlayStation's new accessibility controller and Vampire Survivors updates being slower because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show for free at kindoffunny.com slash KFGD. Of course, you can write in there. You can talk about the day's news. You can say, hey, I have a question. I have this thought, yada, yada, yada. Put it all in there and have a good time with us. Of course, if you want to continue that good time, go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny. Over on patreon.com slash kindoffunny, of course, you can get each and every episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily ad-free. You can get the ability to watch all of our podcasts recorded live privately and ad-free, like P.S. I Love You, XOXO, happening this very afternoon. If the power continues, and we probably won't have blessing, but Janet is in LA and I think she has power, so everything's gonna be fine. You'll get a show. Unless I lose power, then we'll figure it out or later. Or me, you know, right? Who knows? <laughs> or Barrett, who's the kind of the whole cerebral cortex of the goddamn business today. We'll figure it out later. It'll all be okay. Don't worry about Woo! it some way or another. Uh, of course, on top of all that, you could get things like Gregway and 38 episodes uh, a month of exclusive content all on patreon.com slash kind of funny with your support. However, if you have no bucks to toss away, it's no big deal. Of course, you could watch us record the show free. That's right, on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames live right here. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. Uh, of course, you can continue to support us for free with the Epic Game Creator Code. Kind of funny if you are picking something up on the Epic Game Store, if you're playing Fortnite on your PlayStation, if you're playing Rumbleverse on your Xbox, you can toss in kind of funny as your code. And when you buy stuff, we get free money, and it's great. Housekeeping for you. Perhaps the biggest thing, Gary, Go on. that will be completely lost in a hangover from the kind of funny spare bedroom launch uh, in the crazy atmospheric river we're all surfing right now, the work mm -hmm. from home, us being spread back the word. Today, January 5th, 2023, is Kind of Funny's eight-year anniversary. We have been oh, doing wow. Kind of Funny for eight years, full-time, independent. Uh, of course, like I said, we were going to be doing a whole bunch of stuff, uh, and I'll get to that later, I guess. But thank you, obviously, ladies and gentlemen, for eight years of crazy support. Uh, of course, it would have been nice to be like, look at the studio. <laughs> We had to leave the studio because of no power. But you know what? Kind of funny. Uh, started in a spare bedroom. And we're happy to broadcast to you from uh, our rooms and our houses and everything else today. But it is kind of funny's birthday. I know we just celebrated uh, over on uh, October for launching the spare bedroom. And we'll be back to it tomorrow, knock on wood. Uh, but, of course, that also means a whole bunch of uh, employees are celebrating anniversaries. Of course, Barrett, you just uh, celebrated yours yesterday, right? Four years of kind of funny. Yeah, four years of kind of funny. Because I think my first day technically was the day before we did our uh, anniversary sure. stream. Um, and, yeah. Yeah, I've been here for four years, which is uh, half the lifetime of the company, which is really, really weird to think about. You should but, go back and find your first stream from eight years ago. Yeah, I think we we, we did like a special like a announcement uh, uh, thing. I also remember watching the kind of funny uh, day that day on uh, yeah. 20, 2015 because um, I found out through IGN um, that it was Greg Miller's last, uh, what was it, up at noon, I think. And I was sure. like, oh, that Greg guy looks familiar. And then that's how I found kind of funny it was on the kind of funny day. Wow. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It's incredible. Uh, of course, that was yours yesterday. Uh, yesterday was Blessing's anniversary as well. Yesterday was Mike and Roger's anniversary as well. And then today is, of course, Joey Noel's anniversary. She started in 2017. So look at that. Gary. You know, it's a real thing now. Six years of Joey Noel here. Holy crap. You know what I mean? 
Let's, let's hope for six eight more. Eight years are kind of funny. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, Eight more years is kind of funny, too. Keep everyone going. Uh, of course, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for your support. We couldn't do kind of funny without you. We love making it for you. Of course, go to the Patreon, do the Twitch subs, do the, all the other stuff today, celebrate with it. Just send nice messages to everybody, of course. It's a big day. That's a little weird because of everything happening. But... That's not the only weird thing happening. Housekeeping for you. San Francisco is washing away. An atmospheric river is battering the Bay Area and forcing us to work from home. So, today's screencast about the Bad Batch has been canceled. Knives Out in Review has been delayed. I think a week, but just let's just say delayed. And then tomorrow's Kind of Funny Day stream is postponed until later in the month. We're going to do, you know, a longer stream tomorrow and have a whole bunch of fun and be a whole bunch of goons. And we will, but now this everything's out of order. So we need to figure that out. And then, again, maybe the studio doesn't have power tomorrow or whatever, blah, blah, blah. We're just postponing it and getting it off the plate. So we'll get back to that. Don't worry about it. Uh, if we don't drown, Game of the Year is happening this Monday. We're going to go live right here on YouTube and Twitch at 10 a.m. Pacific with a live Gamescast counting down. Kind of funny. Game of the Year. You don't want to miss it. Uh, Barrett, of course, showing his uh, tweet over there. Just wrapped up on making Game of the Year assets. Looking good. Tom Selleck, nice. Uh, of course course this is the one where all of us go through we make our top 10 list of games of course number one being our most important game getting 10 points number 10 being our least important game getting one we give them to barrett he tabulates in the background none of us know what the actual winners are going to be what the ranking will be and then we go through the top 10 games revealed live for you in place of kind of funny games daily on friday so youtube.com slash kind of funny games twitch.tv slash kind of funny games monday 10 a.m pacific time how come you never invite me to be a part of that uh there is a debate about it not every year but the, this year for sure you didn't vote in game awards so i assume you didn't want to be a part of it yeah because I, I i can't have anything to do with keely you know of course that's that true right. that's true you have to make an you have to make an exception for me on that personal <laughs> feelings exception i know well and where did it all go wrong for you and jeff keely i don't know yeah it's one of those things like, how do you how do you know like where where a beef starts or ends sure. you know I've always said before, I don't start beefs, I finish them. But yeah. uh, I don't know. Somewhere along the way, me and Keeley, it all went sideways. And now, you know, it, it right is now I feel like he's got a leg up on you, though. You know what I mean? I'm, he's never going to be on Animal Talking. I'm never, never going to be on the Game Awards. It's fine. You know, we, just, we, 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 we do our things. Do you know what's hilarious? I went to the Game Awards this year, Gary. And, of course, you know, I have the real version of Greg Miller, who's got, you know, all the garbage on the floor here. He was trying, mm -hmm. to, he was trying to get this spare bedroom or the spare the studio switched over to being Jen's workspace. And, you know, I know that my life's in shambles at all points in time. I was walking around the game awards. You know how many people ask me, oh, are you presenting tonight? The fuck, they got Al Pacino on stage. The, the days of where Greg Miller or anybody you know from the podcast world, normal, and I'm not counting Rahul Kohli, don't get me wrong, but them getting up there to give out a game awards, those days, that ship has sailed, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not a fucking Muppet, if you're not a goddamn Oscar winner, you're not touching that stage. You're not getting up there. No, but you are, but I mean, you're once again this year, I know because I'm going to see you there next month in Las Vegas. You are once again presenting. Uh, the Dice Awards. They're like, and those are like actual awards. Those are like real awards. Here's what I'll tell you. It's unconfirmed. They have not confirmed hosts yet for the Dice Awards. Uh -oh. Will I do it for like the ninth year or whatever in a row? I mean, what, I mean, where else, would, where, else, where else would they go? I mean, it doesn't make I mean, they could ask me. Or Blessing, you know. Blessing is blessing, taking over no, Greg's job in every aspect of the industry. Don't even put that energy out there. I would love to host one of those award shows and bring like a Ricky Gervais Golden Globes vibe. Well, see, the, if you're going to do that, then you shouldn't host it. You should just come up and present one, right? Come yeah, up. Just do, get in and out award, quick, just go yeah. off. Yeah. If, like, I, once, if, yeah. if I host the Dice Awards this year, I can try to make You're going to Dice, right? I can make I can try I'm gonna, to make I'm going to be at Dice, yeah. 
if Mike Drucker is writing it again, I'll try to, you know, get a get a reference in there for you. I yeah, digress. Yeah, yeah. None of that's confirmed. Act that. surprised. Thank you to our Patreon producer, Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by Honey, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. <laughs> doesn't number one ladies and gentlemen let's talk about project leonardo this is of course is the new sony accessibility controller we're going to go to the blog where hideki nishino senior vice president of platform experience at sie writes accessibility is an important topic to us at playstation and we want to continue raising the bar to enable every gamer to experience the joy of play whether it's the robust accessibility options in PlayStation Studios games like Sony Santa Monica's God of War Ragnarok or Naughty Dog's The Last of Us Part 1 or the wide array of features of our PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 console UI, we're passionate about reducing barriers to play for every gamer. Today at CES, we announced the next step in our journey to make gaming more accessible, Project Leonardo for PlayStation 5. Developed with key contributions from accessibility experts, community members, and game developers, Project Leonardo is our code name for a new, highly customizable controller kit that works out of the box to help many players with disabilities play games more easily, more comfortably, and for longer periods of times. Through conversations with accessibility experts and incredible organizations like Able Gamers, Special Effect, and StackUp, we've designed a highly configurable controller that works in tandem with many third-party accessibility accessories and integrates with the PlayStation 5 console to open up new ways of gaming. It is built to address common challenges faced by many players with limited motor control, including difficulty holding a controller for long periods, accurately pressing small clusters of buttons and triggers, or positioning thumbs and fingers optimally on a standard controller. Hardware customizations, uh, Project Leonardo for the PlayStation 5 is a canvas for gamers to craft their own experience. It includes a robust kit of swappable components, including a variety of analog stick caps and buttons in different shapes and sizes. Players can use these components to craft a wide array of control layouts, and the distance of the analog stick from the game pad can be adjusted to suit players' preferences. These components allow players to find a configuration that works for their strength, range of motion, and particular physical needs. They also have software customizations. On the PS5 uh, console, players can have an array of options to tailor their Project Leonardo play experience, from button mapping to controller profiles. Project Leonardo can be used as a standalone controller or paired with additional Project Leonardo's or DualSense wireless controllers. Up to two Project Leonardo controllers and one DualSense wireless controller can be used together as a single virtual controller, allowing players to mix and match devices to fit their particular gameplay needs or to play collaboratively with others. Gary, I'm obviously boiling down a, a report here, pushing and pulling. One of the things I found fascinating about this section when they were describing it was the idea that I had never thought of is that you could have people using the Project Leonardo controllers and then someone else in the room need be using the dual sense to do the more finite controls or do something else, help out. Kind of like uh, when in Super Mario uh, Galaxy, right, where you had somebody who could use the Wiimote to pick up the, the shinies in the back or whatever. Yeah, uh, I think it's... No, go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, please. I mean, I'm just running through more details, please. No, give me the give me the details. Give me Project the Leonardo is expandable through three. Uh, I'm sorry, four 3.5 millimeter aux ports uh, to support a wide variety of external switches and third-party accessibility accessories. This enables users to integrate specialty switches, buttons, or analog sticks with the Project Leonardo controller. The external accessories can be dynamically connected or disconnected, and each can be configured to act like any other button. 
Project Leonardo is currently in development and we will continue to gather valuable feedback with the community. We'd like to thank all the wonderful organizations and accessibility experts who are supporting us in this effort. We are also grateful for everyone in the community who has advocated for greater gaming accessibility. You are the reason we do our work and your passion inspires us every day. It's truly a privilege for us to create products that better serve your needs. We look forward to sharing more in the future, including additional product features and launch timing. Whew. A big report, Gary, but a very important thing that honestly, we're going to talk about a whole bunch of PlayStation CES stuff that's recapped from their press conference last night. Arguably, this is, I honestly, inarguably, this was the biggest thing they announced. The most, hey, look at this thing with all this information on it. What was your takeaway from it, Gary? I thought it was, I, I was really pleased when I when I saw the, the news yesterday. Uh, I'm glad you made it the top story today, you know, as part of what I think is just kind of an industry-wide focus on, you know, expanding um access to games for, for sure. you know differently abled people and and so forth um i think it's i think it's wonderful and um it's long overdue uh xbox has had its adaptive controller out yep. for a while and the fact that so i've been saying for a while like you know where's sony's where's sony's um and i i kind of in the back of my head like had 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 this pegged as like an example of why at the end of the at the end of the day i get this vibe that sony don't really give a fuck but like I, I, maybe they do because here they are with their own accessibility controller um what i think is really interesting about it is just how radically different it looks from the xbox approach right the For xbox sure. adaptive controller looks you know when you when you first if you didn't know what it was you wouldn't know what it is right when you first is what the hell is that well it's a controller for people that have you know uh, accessibility and disability issues um and it's it's really interesting to think about like how you design a controller for people that have like radically different needs and what's interesting about the playstation one is it looks nothing like the xbox one it's a totally different approach to accessibility uh if you look at kind of quote unquote regular controllers they have uh, across all the major platforms have adopted uh, a pretty standard you know uh, uh schema and and layout ever since you know the the playstation one brought in the dual shot sticks right like two two sticks right so go back to like the end of playstation one the dawn of the xbox the original xbox two two, two sticks right uh two thumbsticks uh, four face buttons a d-pad some triggers and bumpers, and they're all basically laid out in roughly the same configuration, right? Very you look, you, you can hold up like an Xbox controller on a PlayStation sure, controller, offset and a Switch sticks, Pro but controller. You, you, you know yeah, they are. Saying, the, yeah. You can see the differences, but they're all they're all basically different approaches to the same scheme, right? That that's locked in. Uh, and what we've discovered now, I guess, is is when you're when you're designing um, an accessibility controller for people that have very different ways of uh, very different needs and very different ways of interacting with with a game. Um, uh apparently you you can take a radically different approach so it will be really interesting and i think at some point you know i, I imagine in the, in the months ahead we will see some press coverage of um you know uh, different gamers kind of trying both and seeing For like sure. what you know which one which one works better you know what what could what could each one learn from the other and you know i imagine we'll see those iterations uh um you know continue as we go forward but i'm so glad sony have finally done it major major props to sony um balls in your court nintendo i guess yes uh do you, do, you, do you think nintendo would do one because no. you never know what they're going to do they're so weird you know they are weird and that's the thing where you can't nail them down of what they're up to and why, why how they would do it like i don't 
I don't know, Barry. You were immediately saying no, but they right? but they like, love because... making weird shit, right? So like, why but not? They're do they're this? not even doing anything for accessibility in just software options for their games. Of just I was gonna say know, right because that's remap, the whole. There's plenty of games that, that do stuff. require like the motion, so it's yeah. like. Like, then you can't even play that if you're uh, such having a, a, uh, they'll do it, such they'll a do it in 20 company. years when the other companies have already like figured it out like very well and they'll do it in 20 years and it'll be like a half measure like no i'm uh i, 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 I don't want, i take this down like yeah, nintendo I, I, it's very weird because you never know no, let's kick the shit out of nintendo <laughs> but but no props to sony and it looks cool right the, that's one of the the you thing can't... that I really like about this this generation of Sony hardware is it looks cool, right? I love that. I don't like the console design, but the DualSense controller, I think, is the best looking controller that's ever been made. All right, cool. Really cool. Console design, it, I love the fact that it looks that like black, that kind of black, that kind of white, and with black accents and a little bit of blue. That whole kind of accent, the, yeah. the uh, uh, style that they have, that design language they have for the PlayStation Five generation, it just looks. It doesn't look like a toy the way that I think the Xbox often looks like a toy. Like it looks like a cool piece of futuristic tech, and that accessibility controller looks like something straight out of a sci-fi film. And I want to talk about that. You keep talking about the design and how it looks different than uh, Xboxes, and, and then how it just looks cool in general. Uh, the blog up here has a piece, actually, a little quote from Sony Interactive designer uh, So Morimoto, shares some insights on how his team approached, or yeah, his team approached the industrial design of Project Lean. Project Leonardo is part of the PlayStation 5 product family and is based on the same design concept. We were inspired by the idea of all players enjoying the world of PlayStation together. Our team tested over, over a dozen designs with accessibility experts looking for approaches that would help address key challenges to effective controller use. We finally, we finally settled on a split controller design that allows near freeform left slash right thumbstick response repositionability repositionability uh can be used without needing to be held it features very flexible button and and stick cap swapping because players can customize project leonardo according to their needs there is no one right form factor we want to empower them to create their own configurations the controller can also flexibly accept combinations of accessibility accessories to create a unique aesthetic I am excited uh, that the design will be completed through collaboration with players rather than presenting them with a single form factor. And that's got to be really, really fucking cool for them of making this thing that is, hey, this is what we're giving you out of the box and how it looks, but go nuts. What are you going to so, make It's it such an like? interesting design challenge. I, I kind of want to read, read more about it, or maybe if there's a video, I want to kind of like, learn more about it. It's, it's, it's fascinating just from a you know, kind of industrial design like how how do you design something for for someone that has like very and, and again like no two no two disabled people have you know, have experienced the exact same disability right there are vastly different ways that they vastly different challenges that they all they all face um, and so that's I think that's why it has to be so customizable the way the way that it is um, and again props to Sony I'm so glad that they did it. Uh, I'll be really interested to see you know when the likes of you know Stephen Spawn and people like that get their hands on sure. it and can give it you know give it their real um thoughts and again it's 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 a it's another brick in the wall of, i think of an ongoing challenge again for example if you follow steven on twitter he posts all the time about the challenges he has a new game comes out he wants to play it but the access the accessibility settings just won't let him do it and it's of course i can't imagine how frustrating um that must be uh but we are seeing i think a general trend uh toward you know we have those accessibility awards that steven alana do now um it's some of the you know naughty dog and, and some of the big developers are really leading the charge now with these like really you know you can i mean like you, i'm sure you see that you can make last of us part two look completely i mean practically unrecognizable as the game that it, it is in its core configuration right for, for, sure. for uh you know for people that are just playing it out of the box 
um, but which like for, for many people, that's the only way that they can engage with it. And I, and I just, you know, in previous years, those people were just kind of completely forgotten and disregarded and like, well, who cares? Like they aren't the core market. It's not a big segment or whatever. And I think we're, we're kind of up to the fact that it's not necessarily about, um, you know, where the biggest market segments are, but, you know, to kind of chant the film, the Phil Spencer mantra of like, you know, games for everybody everywhere. And, you know, that, and that means everybody, right? That means people, that means, you know, blind gamers, deaf gamers, gamers that, you know, have, that, that can't move their hands, you know, all kinds of stuff. And so I think Gaming's it's, I think it's, I think it's great. I, I, you, you, you really do love to see it. Uh, you mentioned, of course, uh, Steven Spawn, our friend from Able Gamers, and I'm looking at his Twitter profile right now, a technically senior director of development at Able Gainer- Gamers. Sorry, Steve. Uh, he tweeted about all this. I want to get his stuff in here. He says, journalist friends, I'm getting so many Project Leonardo DMs. The PlayStation controller does not compare to the Xbox adaptive controller in any way other than the target audience of the controller is disabled players. It's a different controller with a different set of options. Think of it like someone is more comfortable using a DualShock instead of an Elite. Let's not get into which controller is better or more accessible. We need various options for various people with different disabilities. The important part is that this will help a lot of people. A couple of other things. Yes, I have known about it for a long time and gave input. <laughs> Able Gamers, uh, Mark That's Bartlett and, the, and Jesse H. did a lot of work on this. Uh, it's so amazingly customizable. It should help a lot of different players and disabilities. I'm not posting hot take video or article about Project Leonardo because while I appreciate everyone tagging me and asking me to do it, I don't need to go viral for this. It's really cool. I'm glad PlayStation is doing it. I'm glad we could help. I'm gl- I'm glad to help enact real change. This is a sim- very this is very um a very minor issue, but something that occurred to me as we talk about like how radically different the two kind of design approaches are. When I play an Xbox game or a PlayStation game, I'm picking up essentially the same controller. Again, it's offset offset yeah. versus parallel sticks and you know, different. The, the buttons are, are marked up differently, but it's the same thing. The bumpers and the triggers, everything are in this, basically in the same place. And so I don't have to adjust that much when I go from one controller to another. I have to adjust sure. a little bit when I go to a Nintendo controller because the, you know, the uh, oh, ABXYs are flipped. Hey, why you got to invert? I know oh, they were first, drives, but still, it drives, drives me crazy. Um, but if I'm, let's say I'm Steve and I'm skipping back and forth between Xbox and PlayStation games, and I'm using the controller for each, the adaptive, and then the Leonardo on the PlayStation side, I wonder if it's almost like having to learn to play two different instruments, because they are going to control. It's not like they're both the same type of controller. They're radically different. So it's like you almost have to, I guess, learn two different ways of controlling games, depending on what platform you're playing on, because the accessibility approaches are very different. I don't know if there's anything to that. It's just something that occurred to me. Well, and that's what he's talking about, right? Of like, I think maybe you find one you're going to be more comfortable with. He's saying like, don't try to compare the two, yeah. Yeah, there's options, which is fantastic. Uh, In a similar vein, you talked about blind gamers. Of course, our friend, the blind gamer, Steve Saylor, uh, also uh, talked about this, and I want to get him in and call it the fact that, of course, he has a YouTube video you could go watch. You can find it at Steve Saylor. Uh, But he wrote in all caps, this is cool, exclamation. PlayStation has finally created an adaptive controller called Project Leonardo. This is the missing piece for disabled gamers to play PlayStation games. Here's my thoughts, uh, and I also sat down with Grant Stoner, uh, who wrote for Wired about it. I didn't want to say Super Group 1994. I had to hover over to get Grant's name. Uh, who, anyways, you go to Steve Saylor on Twitter and get that right there. And watch I, the I keep, you know, it's so nice to be able to, 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 to frame a Sony story in a positive way. This isn't about like Jim Ryan putting his foot in it or some stupid press release they put out. Like they did something good and there's only good vibes All right, they do around it. They do a lot I do, I do come right. back to Nintendo again, though. I mean, like it's such a frustrating company. You know how you know how I feel about Nintendo. Like, I love them and they drive, but they drive me crazy at the same time. Um, it's... Like I, you think about like the like the like the ten year old disabled kid that just wants to play Super Mario, but sure. can't because Nintendo, with all its vast, vast resources of just whatever reason, decided it's not 
in their strategy to serve and reach those gamers. And, I, and it kind of sucks. Yeah. Because in many yeah. ways, you think Nintendo would be the first company to do this, right? To innovate and do something interesting. Nintendo is like the most rigid company, though. And don't get me wrong. I'm not like, oh, PlayStation's falling all over themselves to, to do, you know, whatever. But it's like, you see them make strides. You see them change. Or Nintendo always feels like they're so, like, locked in. This is what we do. This is what it is. Enjoy or don't. Not my problem. But I, I hear you. Yeah. Uh, lots more PlayStation to talk about. Like I said, it was the CES conference last night. So there was a Sony conference that had a PlayStation segment, all that jazz happening there. Uh, number two, they gave a brief PlayStation VR 2 update. Uh, I'm going to read the tweet that came with it. Big, big, they say big PlayStation VR 2 news. Man, I don't know about that. Big PlayStation VR 2 news from today's CES keynote. 30 plus games are on track for the launch window. Gran Turismo 7 has a free PlayStation VR 2 upgrade at launch. Beat Saber is in development. <laughs> I, I thought it was are funny these, when, I, I, I thought it was funny when they announced Beat Saber, like it's a big deal. Like announcing that Beat Saber is going to be on your VR platform is like announcing that your new restaurant's going to serve food. Like honestly, for me personally, VR Gary, platform is Beat Saber not on? For me personally, it's more like, oh, it's in development. Yeah, that, I oh, feel like could, that should have oh, been like you wanted it like right away. That yeah, should have been Saber an idea is like one of, launch, one of, if not you know? the best VR game, and it's also I mean, like you already it's have it's the a, Quest a, version that I imagine I, is what you're working I mean, off how of to difficult, make the Yeah, how difficult too. should it be? I mean, I I, I don't, don't want to get into that. Every time you ever bring that up, you know, every developer listening. But it's pulls one of those things. It's like you VR. You have to check certain boxes, and you've just got to you've got to have Beat Saber. You got to have Beat Saber. You got to pistol whip Beat Saber. You got to have it ready to go. Unique technique in the chat. Correctly says a couple of others. Big news would be half like uh, Half Life Alex. That would have been be huge big news. news. Yeah, that would, would be have been huge news. news. Yeah, but no, that was what they said up there. No, but they, uh, instead we're getting Beat Saber eventually. <laughs> and you get Gran Turismo Seven free PlayStation VR two update if that or upgrade if you want it launch. Okay, cool. Enjoy. So I can drive really slowly around tracks and get bored out my fucking mind in VR now. God damn, son. <laughs> God damn, Gary, not holding back on Gran Turismo. Uh, Gary, put aside your hate for Gran Turismo. Are you excited about PlayStation VR 2 at all? Uh, yes and no. I don't think it's something that I'll run out and buy. Um, you know me. I've had a very strange relationship with VR over the years. I was a big, big believer in it from the very beginning, even the, the very first Oculus DK1, the, the original development kit that I, I tried and thought it was amazing. And then I remember putting it on and going, oh, my God, this is VR is the future. Like in 10 years, we're all going to, the idea of like playing a game inside like a little flat two dimensional window is going to seem so quaint because we're all going to be off in fucking yeah, yeah, yeah. Ready Player One holodeck land. I still believe that that will eventually be the future. It's just going to be much farther out than we initially predicted because, the, as you know, the development of, of, in, of VR has been a very rocky road and the challenges have been major challenges that we're still trying to figure out how to overcome. Um, and yet, you know, it's still possible to have a ton of fun. When I was in the office yesterday, Andy Cortez was raving about this golf game you guys have been playing. Yeah, they did a big stream so, yesterday. Check it out, youtube.com slash kind of funny. I'm going to check it out. So like, I, I, I think that PSVR is always going to be interesting because it's got Sony behind it. It's always going to have that kind of mainstream appeal. It's always, it's going to have the big titles that no one else can get, you know, the big Sony exclusives and stuff like that. So, and, and you know, the, the tech remains to be seen, but I imagine it will be, up there on a par with if not better than you know quest 2 and index and the best stuff that's out there right now so i think it'll be good it always depends on the games uh but the but the limitations remain they they still can't figure they still can't figure out uh transit in 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 vr without getting motion sick um after a while the helmet starts to feel uncomfortable i don't my guess is they probably haven't fixed that any more than any of the others have like you just don't want to be in there for more like half an hour or an hour like six hour gaming sessions in vr that just doesn't happen 
Um, the only time that's ever happened to me was Star Trek Bridge Crew, which is brilliant. And that I was in there for like a couple of hours at a time. But you start to get sweaty. There's that weird thing with VR where you start to feel paranoid about your real life surroundings. You know, like know. there's you're, you're tethered to the cable. That's not a problem for the quest, but I keep saying that like, the cable's got to go away. Um, there's still, I think, two, three generations from VR, like going, oh yeah, this is what this is this is what we were talking about when we started saying VR mm -hmm. back in the day. Like now we're there. We're not even close. And I think the, my, my guess is the VR2 is going to be going to get us incrementally closer to that goal, but not, it's going to be like, not, won't be like a quantum leap. I'm trying to find, here it is. Yeah. Uh, Baron, I'm sending you a video, but mute it. It's a TikTok of you're, you're talking about people being worried about playing VR in their surroundings. That's never been my problem, Gary. You know, I'll drop in there. I'll go. I remember for Resident Evil, you know, when we moved to the original kind of funny studio, we had the empty spare bedroom that I just turned into a PlayStation VR room. And I remember right. going in there in the early afternoon and taking it off four hours later and the entire house was pitch black because right. I had played all the way through it. And then, Barrett, if you could pull that up. This was, uh, what, day three of working from home during COVID. So where I was, I'm pulling the stream I was, up. I was reviewing Half-Life Alex. Well, you, you Discord stream, right? So you can see it there. Yeah. And this is Jen made this TikTok over here of just me. I don't you know. You, you want to watch me act no, like a is, moron? This is you the old place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to act? You want to watch me look like a moron? I'll do it. I don't care. I'm not afraid of it. Yeah, Jen like seems really into it. Yeah, she she uh she got what she wished for, working from home, and then it went on for two and a half years, and now I'm back. It's what are you gonna it's, do? It's impossible to look good while playing VR. No, you, you always look like a huge, do it. huge fucking loser. No, it's impossible not to. That <laughs> I don't know. I told you, we're just having fun today. I, you know, VR has been coming for a while and doing all this stuff. The year, so I guess it would have been 2016. Yeah. When I won the South by Southwest Gamer of the Year Award or whatever, I was flying back with a friend who was working at the time at Telltale. And uh, not on purpose. We were just on the same flight. We're like, oh, that's cool. And uh, I went to the bathroom and I came back to sit next to him at the, at the airport waiting to board a thing. And he had taken out his phone or whatever and put it into the headset. Oh, like, like, it was yeah, fucking yeah. doing... And I walked over. I was like, take this shit off right now. Like <laughs> You cannot be in the airport. Fucking do whatever you're doing right now. You look like a psychopath. Knock it off. It doesn't look good. But again, once we get into the future and we're all just living in pods yeah. and going off into the Matrix and flying around like fucking Iron Man, yeah. you know, it's the, the, mean, no, yeah. no one's going to care what you look like in real life. Well, yeah, it's this thing when I'm, you know, yeah, exactly. When you're playing it, you're having fun. I don't care in general what you're doing, but whatever. Uh, let me give you PlayStation 5 sales updates and the fact that the drought is over, ladies and gentlemen, according to Jim Ryan. Uh, number three on the Roper Report, still that CES keynote we were talking about. Uh, PlayStation tweeted this. Also confirmed today, December was the biggest month ever for PlayStation 5 console sales, bringing the total to more than 30 million units sold worldwide. Which is amazing when you consider the supply chain constraints they're under. 100%. And that's where I want to jump over to Polygon, where ONS Good reported on this and had a couple things I liked. Uh, number one, he has this Jim Ryan quote. Everyone who wants a PlayStation 5 should have a much easier time finding one at retailers globally, starting oh, from this point forward, he said. Good. So if you've been that's waiting... Apparently, we've crossed the threshold. The drought is over. We did it. Mission accomplished. PlayStation's However, been out more than two years, Greg. Let me ask you this. How many times have you, when you've been out in the world, like at Target or whatever, have you seen one like in a, behind a, in a display case? Yeah. Zero. Fucking never, zero, right? I've literally it. never seen one in the wild. And here's Not what I once. want you to know. I know right now somebody from uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan is going to be in the chat going, <laughs> I, we, had, we have 10 in the Walmart. I saw and I, 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 Yeah, but they have to live in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yeah, so yeah exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? The people, every time we bring this up, like, I, I, I see him all the time at Target. Well, that's great for you. All right. Yeah. That's great for yeah, you. Go nuts. 
I'm just saying the rest of us are still can't find him somewhere. So apparently, but Jim Ryan says it's over. He says it's over. So that's great. However, uh, ONS Good continued on this 30 million units sold thing and has some good uh, information here in two graphs for you, okay? Last May, Sony told investors it had sold 19.3 million PlayStation 5 units, but the company said it was very comfortable projecting PlayStation 5 shipments of 18 million were coming for, the, I'm sorry, 18 million for the coming fiscal year, which ends in March. The PlayStation 4, which launched in November 2013, sold roughly 30 million units by November 2015. So the PS5's retail performance is roughly the same, even with the component shortages and other considerations factored in. You got to ask yourself what that number would be without the supply chain issue. And now you Double? have to wonder what Double? it would be. If that's yeah, what is you know, is there a ceiling on this and like what does it go to? And yeah, if the if it's truly over, then they're about to put up fucking numbers on the board for people who still can't get this or haven't been able to get to. Yeah, it's um it's very impressive. Very in impressive indeed. And it's exciting because I, I just want people to be able to get it or whatever. Also, and in the also, chat, last, know, class, hold on, last the class gaming is ugly as fuck as well. So it, oh, don't that, that, oh. that did not hold it back. Like, I think if there were no supply, supply chain issues and it didn't look ridiculous, how many would they have sold? Triple. First off, people want something that looks great. They want it to look ridiculous. They want to be unique. Do they? I look over at this thing over here that Jim Lee drew on. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. I love it. I told you, my wife, my, my wife insisted that we buy a whole new TV cabinet where we could like <laughs> close a door on it when we're not playing it because she thinks it looks so hideous. The X, like the series X, is like, well, I don't care about that. It's just a cuboid. Like, whatever. You say it's it just, as if your wife isn't the one playing it more than you. What's that? You say it as if your wife isn't the one playing it more than you. Well, I mean, you know, we actually rarely, we barely ever touch the PlayStation 5. You're such a. God, you make me sick to my stomach. You know what I mean? What are you even playing on Xbox? What has happened? Over Anything there? with the power of Game Pass, Greg. Shut up, Barrett. Uh, last That's Glass great. Gaming I mean, in the I've chat been said my dreams, Greg. I don't know what the fuck you've been doing. Kalamapu is something Last Glass Gaming said in the chat, and that made me laugh, and I like that. So I wanted to say that, put that out there. Typhoid PhD says, I hate this guy in the chat. And I assume he's talking about you, Gary. So just a heads up. What, who hates me? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, they clearly hate me when I'm giving uh, you shit. Man. Play what you want. I'm just forcing around everybody. Having fun. Jesus Christ. You know what I mean? Still like Mike's in here starting shit. We, now. we can't Jesus. we can't have fun anymore, Greg. Okay. You know what? They all want us to drown. That's what it is. They want us to be out there in the river, the atmospheric river, getting washed away, Barrett. And I won't get washed away, ladies and gentlemen. I'm fired up. I need to cool I off. I can tell. We're Look coming back and we're talking about Gran Turismo. But first, I'm going to tell you about Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny. Over on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny, of course, you can watch us record all the podcasts, including PS I Love You, XOXO, this very afternoon, ad-free and live where nobody else could. Uh, you can get every episode of every show we do ad-free. And, of course, you get 38 episodes of bonus content each and every month, including the Daily Greg Ways I do. However, you're not on patreon.com slash kind of funny games or, or, or that works too, but kind of funny. So here's a word from our sponsor. Shout out to Honey for sponsoring this episode. Honey's the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past, and we all know there's nothing better than the feeling of saving money. Honey's the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Here's how it works. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite websites. When you check out, the Honey button appears, and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site, and if Honey finds a working coupon, you'll watch the prices drop. We here at Kind of Funny have been using Honey for years, and it has literally saved us thousands of dollars on tech, costumes, food, you name it. Honestly, I just love how easy it is to just set and forget and 
save. Honey doesn't just work on desktops, it works on your iPhone too. Just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out. And by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash kindoffunny. That's joinhoney.com slash kindoffunny. Guess what, Gary? They're making a Gran Turismo movie. I know, right. I know. I knew about that a long time ago because it actually came across my desk many years ago when they were first looking to find a writer for it. Did you say, not a chance, this is stupid, I don't want to do it? I, I, I told them that I couldn't find a way in. Really? Yeah. They, I mean, at the time, I don't know if this is the same thing now, but at the time it was, the idea was, it was like a, I don't know if it was like based on a true story or something. It was, a, it was like basically the story was about a bunch of kids who played the game that got to drive the cars for real. This is, that, is, that is still, still what the what movie is. is. Okay, all right, that's yeah, still yeah, what yeah. the movie is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so let's talk about it. Anyways, Barrett, we have a teaser if you want to toss it up. This is another CES reveal or whatever, uh, but I'm going to read while you, we put it up. Brandy Clark at Collider writes, A sneak peek of the Gran Turismo movie featuring the first footage of the film arrived this week, and it looks to be about more than just adrenaline and race cars. Coupled with an announcement from Sony's press conference at CES in Las Vegas that the game Gran Turismo 7 would receive a free VR update when the PlayStation VR 2 headset launches, the sneak peek of the movie has quotes from stars Orlando Bloom, David Harbour, and Archie uh, Mataquay uh, about the how Gran Turismo is made for theaters and how it features not only cars but drama and a love story. But how is that possible to make a movie from a game like Gran Turismo? The Gran Turismo game franchise is centered around, you guessed it, cars and racing. It doesn't have a plot or character. So the movie interestingly uses the PlayStation Studio franchise by telling the true story of Jan Battensboro. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Martinboro. Uh, Martinboro competed in the Gran Turismo Academy competition and beat over 90,000 entrants. He was rewarded with a chance to drive for Nissan at the Dubai 24-hour race and continued to win a series of Nissan competitions and become a professional race car driver. Gran Turismo will be the latest in a series of Sony-planned video game adaptations. TV shows like Horizon Zero Dawn, God of War, The Last of Us, and Twisted Metal, and the video game movie adaptation of Ghost of Tsushima, uh, to be directed by Chad Stasahekli. Uh, Gran Turismo and Sony uh, look likely to... Well, let me try this again. Gran Turismo and Sony likely look to repeat Uncharted's 400 million financial success and continue to break the, quote, no movie based on a video game is good curse. So... Why, 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 you know what? This pissed me off the other day because this came up in The Last of Us. I think it was so, Variety. Can The Last of Us break the video game curse? Did sure. these people not see the fucking Sonic the Hedgehog films? They didn't. They, didn't I, they, they, they must have not either. done because the curse is fucking done. Sonic fucking that's took a, kid's, a, that's shit a on kid's movie, Gary. We don't count those. Oh, right. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, that's right. I forgot the difference between children and man children. Yeah. Also, <laughs> big, I, I just, <laughs> big difference. <laughs> I love the uh, the chats popping off about the love story in G uh, Gran Turismo is going to be him falling in love with the car. That's and a, then this is the thing premise. about it where when they when they when they announced it and we were like, Gran Turismo, that's uh, OK, whatever. Obviously, it's kind of just a blank slate to use it on cars or whatever. This sounds cool like i don't give a shit about racing and i don't care about gran turismo as a game not my jam just not my thing but when they showed i was like oh damn I could, that'd be cool to see this true story or, you know based on a true story of this kid playing the game win the competition going to be a real race car driver all right that sounds like fun yeah and look you know people are going to shit on it just like they do everything when they first hear it just like they, they they've done other things like I, I i work i this is what i do for a living i can tell you that you can you can make something good out of almost anything if you have the right idea. People laughed at the, when they said, oh, we're going to make a movie about Lego. But yeah. Phil, Lord, Phil Lord and Chris Miller are geniuses, and it so it turned out to be a fucking great movie. They found a way in. 
And if they have found a way in where, you know, you care, you give a shit about the characters and just, and it's an interesting story and the driving sequences are exciting. I definitely can see how, again, I, I have a problem like just that initial footage. I'm like, mm, it kind of seems a bit slow, just like the game, like these cars don't seem like they're going very fast. They didn't crash either. And I remember that was such a big deal back in the day. Like, yeah, no it's like, you know, and the bar is fucking high. I mean, look at, look at what's out there in terms of like fast and furious and other, you know, other movies these that have inter- these fucking insane, you know, um, you know, racing sequences. I don't know if cars going around a track is going to be that exciting, you know, when compared the love to fucking Vin Diesel the love pulling pulling a fucking bank vault through Mexico City or whatever on the back of a truck. Like I don't <laughs> know. Um, but the, 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 it, there's no reason why it can't be a good movie. Is 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 my is my takeaway? I'll tell you what. I went from I don't give a shit about this to I'll watch this when it comes to on demand. Could be a good one for four. Oh no, fucking theater. My my four DX buddy Tim Geddes. Maybe we'll go see it together. Have you been to another one since Top Gun? No, yes, and it wasn't as good. Like Tim's yeah. right. It's only like honestly, 4DX is a technology that that could and should have just been made for Top Gun Maverick. They should have just called it Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> it's got to be the right amount it's of so dumb fucking, action. It, I don't know if you if anyone else here saw it in 4DX, but like Top Gun Maverick is one of those things where like it's not a gimmick. Like it actually makes the movie fucking better. Um, but then I went to Which see. Is, I mean, the movie's great already too. So that's and then I and then I went to see. Um, I heard the Avatar I, I, 4DX wasn't great. Oh uh, yeah, yes, yeah. And then I and then I went to see this. I went you to could see say what, they like, blew like, it. Have you have you seen this other thing that they have? I don't know what you what you call it, but like it's not 4DX. But so I went to see Wakanda Forever, yeah. and it's like the main movie is on the screen, but then certain scenes they project it out onto the walls as well. Have you seen this? What it's supposed to make it look immersive, but it actually it kind of takes you out of the film. It's really distracting. Yeah. They're tr- they're tr- they're desperately trying all these gimmicks at the moment to get people back into cinemas. You know, because we spent three years conditioning ourselves just to watch movies at home, and so getting people back is tricky right but the way to do that is just with fucking movies like avatar where it's like well shit like you fucking have to see that on the big screen right and that's what i here's the thing about it as somebody who just wants the theaters to go away and I'll, i want to buy it i just want the option screen x that's movie. what it's called when they project the movie onto the wall just give don't, me the don't, option don't see a movie in screen x it's not to good. buy the movie or pay an obscene amount to watch it at home and just be done with it right what i really can't stand is this fucking shit talk they keep putting into the th- the theaters and the trailers it's in this one right where orlando bloom's like mate you gotta see this one in the th- it's got it's a cinema it's gotta be well, a look at, i mean look at tom and i go Cruise to the fucking looking, theater i go tom to the Cruise fucking theater of, and they're like you weren't meant to watch place. it like this and go, i'm like i'll watch where the fuck i want to watch it give me the you, goddamn you've got, option you've got vin diesel you've got nicole kidman you've got you've got you've got tom cruise all out there right now launching these campaigns saying come you know, the magic of you got the movies come back to the movies Eat some overpriced popcorn and get uh-huh. annoyed at the person in front of you who's fucking yep. texting on their phone. And you and... get bed bugs from the goddamn seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I still like going to the movies. There's nothing quite like I want to go see and that again, movie. And again, don't misquote me. I enjoy what? going to the movies. I like it as an event. I am no longer in the place. And even before Ben, it's not even a Ben thing. I'm no longer in the place where like when I was in high school and I went to the movies, you know, three times a weekends or whatever, because what else are they going to do? I'm just not there. So like they put all these things. I'm like, just let me get you right now. Let me just buy it right now. Because then it gets what I've got. The menu's I've on got HBO an, Max now. Well, great. I've got, but I got a, million, a life going I've got on, a million dollar idea for you. I was thinking this the other day. I know why it's a complete, uh, complete segue, but I don't know why they don't do this. I was looking at uh, movies on Apple TV the other night. Like, you know, like the new release movies that you can rent or buy yeah. for like, you know, four bucks to rent it or like te- 20 bucks to buy it. Whatever it is. Sure. Here's what I want to do. I want a system where I can rent the movie for $4, right? When you rent it, you get it for like that 48 hour period, right? Yeah. If I rent it for $4, and I decided, oh shit, I really like that movie. I would like to own it. Sure. If I'm within That's the 48, if I'm within the 48 hour period, I should be able to pay the difference. 
you know what I mean? Like, upgrade your rental to a purchase. They won't let you do. I don't know why they don't let you do that. But I feel like they make more make more money that way. You're you're 100 correct. I don't know. I should why be they running Apple. Basically, is, the, is I think is the takeaway. It's what people have been saying, Gary. For I mean, for a long time. What I like I to do sometimes change that Apple remote as well. For one thing, here's the thing: a lot of people, you know, they'll say they listen to people on the internet, or just you know, I guess the internet, just the internet, right? Like this guy's a blowhard. He doesn't. I don't. He doesn't. He doesn't. He he talks the talk. He doesn't walk the walk. I want you all to know. That I walk the fucking walk, all right? Mm -hmm. And what that means is when I see something that's day and date digital or it's just, hey, you can get it now and it's I've seen the price, I will pay the absorbent fee to watch that movie with Jen and have it because I open up my Amazon Prime, right, to the things I own, right? And I got a bunch of weird-ass shit in here. Like, I was just like, all right, why, I'm, am I ever going to watch Confess Fletch again? No, but I bought it. Elvis, Bodies, 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 Bullet Train, Everything all at once, great movie, obviously, but I, I know I don't know if I'm, these are all I'm, movies that you bought. Hell yeah, like, like sight unseen. Like bullet, here, here, bullet train came to Netflix when, like three weeks after it came to theaters. When, here, when here's think, the next one, ladies and gentlemen, Monster Hunter, and I don't regret it. I enjoyed Monster. Oh, when you God. think about it, though, if you buy if you buy a movie, like sometimes what they do is you notice that they put it up to buy first, and the rental isn't available yet, right? Because they want you to buy it. And, well, somebody, and so, real quick, somebody goes through in the chat. Well, I buy Elvis. It's on HBO Max. Listen here, you stupid motherfuckers in chat. Oh, I'm not good. saying I bought it last night. I bought it when it came available on the Amazon to do it that way. It wasn't day and day on HBO. They put it up there early. Yeah, he didn't want to wait. He wanted to watch it right away. What? I don't have the amount of free time to sit here and go like, oh, that was a movie I wanted to see. But big cinema tried to force me in there to get COVID. So now let me crack open my computer and go to the old Google digitally foundries and find out. I don't know when it's coming everywhere else. I don't know. When. And I say, I, I vote with my wallet. I walk the walk. I also own Steel Magnolias. That's a fantastic movie and has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, and also if you're someone like Greg, you know, captain of industry, master of his own, you know, uh, internet pop culture, you know, mega site, you know, twenty dollars is, I mean, it's nothing. You know, it's like I want you to know that, that I did have a conversation with Jen where I'm like, I looked at our finances, I'm like, I gotta dial it back. <laughs> I gotta stop buying all these goddamn. Movies. When you think about it, if you're watching, yeah, you know, they, 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 the cinema industry is struggling because you know a lot of people, are TVs are getting bigger, right? Sound systems are getting bigger. Like you, you, know, you, you look at people like Tim Geddes, where essentially he's got a fucking AMC Regal. Yeah. Dolby in his yeah. house at this point. He doesn't need to go to the cinema. Uh, but even just me, but like, still you know, just turn turn off the lights, you know, 65-inch uh, OLED, you know, crank up the sound. It's all good. If I need to go to the bathroom, I could pause. I don't have to worry about anyone else spoiling the experience. I like watching movies. Bander, Bander things, in the chat like says, Avatar, if a new, gotta go. If a new Ghostbusters was theater or buy to own day one, which would you choose? Are you fucking kidding me? I would buy without I, – I don't, I, I, I don't want to go to the theater. I don't want to sit around all these other and this, and this, and this is and this is the problem that the, the there's a massive transitional thing happening. COVID between COVID clearing out cinemas and the rise of streaming, which are only like, they're semi-related, but you know they kind of they seem to happen like just coincidentally at the same time. Sure, it, it's 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 and this is why you've got Nicole Kidman and Tom Cruise jumping out of planes, going the movies, go to the movies, you got to come back to the movies because you know theatrical is 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 suffering. Um, but you know to, to your point, Greg, about about buying a movie, like if you buy. 20 if you buy elvis for like 20 dollars and you now own it that's still cheaper than paying for you and jen to go watch it at the theater and that's the thing people people forget about parking and babysitters and everything else and snacks by the time if you've got kids by the time you come back from the movies and you pay for the babysitter and the parking and the snacks and everything else you've probably you've you've, you've probably done the better heart better part of like the thick end of 200 bucks You're you know right. yeah 100 percent for a movie 
So yeah, I own Elvis. It is a great flick. Y'all should watch it. Number five on the Roper Report, Vampire Survivors promises no paywalls, but slower updates. This is Stephen T. Wright at GameSpot. 2020 was a whirlwind year for Vampire Survivors, the wave-based roguelike known for its walls of enemies and downright compulsive play loop. In a new announcement, developer Ponicle uh, said this said uh, ponicle i must say i've never heard of the vampire survivor's name i would say ponkle 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 uh said that the game's first dlc legacy of the moon spell is coming to more platforms but that the pace of updates and patches will likely slow down in 2022 i think you mean 2023 uh from the sound of the post it seems that ponkle uh has been quite overwhelmed with porting vampire survivors to consoles and mobile in addition to releasing legacy of the moon spell Ponkel even says in the post that the DLC ended up having quite a bit more content than was originally planned, but that the developer is still working on bringing the DLC to mobile. When it comes to future updates, Ponkel says that though paid DLCs will add more characters, weapons, and stages to the game, the main game will still receive substantial updates in mechanic mechanic in mechanics. Greg's dying, and content. In 2023, the developer hopes to find a more sustainable pipeline for packet patches because they know uh, they, because they now have to maintain both the mobile and PC slash console versions of the game. Gary, did you fall in love with Vampire Survivors, a fantastic game? Did I? It's my game of the year. Wow, over Power Wash Simulator. Wow. Uh, Power Wash Simulator came out in 2021. Fuck, you're right. All right, that was two years ago. Okay. Got your ass. Gotcha. It's, and, oh, and, and honestly, it's I haven't played a couple of the big AAA titles, so who can say? But I I feel fairly confident that even if I'd have played them, like of the th of the stuff that I played, like Vampire Survivor, it's not even close. My favorite game is my, my top game of 2022. It's probably in my top 10 favorite games of all time at this point. It's, it's so a, I mean, fucking good. If you're not playing Vampire Survivors, y'all, get on it. Like, it's on Xbox. I mean, it's, it's on got, it, mobile. It's come, on it PC. Need, it needs to come to PlayStation. It needs to come to Switch. I'm sure it will eventually. Yeah, the developer... I think is in a similar situation to where the Among Us developers found themselves a couple sure. of years ago. Like tiny team, micro-sized game, you know, uh, very kind of unassuming, modest. Oh, hey, hey, here's a little idea I threw together. What do you guys think? Next thing you know, it's the fucking biggest game and everyone's playing it and it's a massive hit. Uh, but now suddenly, right, you've got to feed the beast, right? So you, yep. you, you've got to port it to other platforms. People want DLC. They want more content. It's like you, you know, you, you kind of become a victim of your own success. So whether or not that that guy's going to hire more people, I don't know, or scale up or whatever. But you know, he's stumbled into quite. I mean, fair play to the developer. It deserves all the success that he's enjoying right now because it is a fucking brilliant game. Like I would love to. I would love to go to let like, the GDC breakdown design talk of that game of how he designed it because it's such a perfect little. It's just you know what it is. It's like. It's just like God of War and Elden Ring and these other things that are out there and they're splashy and they have great stories and cinematics and all the stuff that I love. But like Vampire Survivors, man, is a fucking old school, just a proper fucking game video it's game. A it's game. a video it's a game. game. Yeah. It's a no, it's game. Fantastic. It's a video game of the fucking of the oldest, oldest school. The Fair, old you blood. The you, old blood runs through that game, Greg. Bear, we've known, obviously, we've played a lot of Vampire Survivors. We've talked about it here, kind of funny. But you, didn't you fall in love with it and get really deep with it again this break? Yeah, I, uh, uh, there's a four game of the year voting, right? I was like, oh, man, there's uh, games that I want to check out over the break, Vampire Survivors being one of them. And I'm so glad yeah, you I, like it, Barrett, because I'm used to be, I'm used to you kind of being a bit contrary to me. Like, you and I very, very rarely very, like see eye to eye on a lot, on a lot of know? games. Yeah. I know, but, but look, Vampire Survivors, look, it's bringing the Kicks Zoomers ass. and the Gen Xs together. Yeah, yeah great yeah. game. Uh, and all the party points out in the chat, uh, we didn't say this, free on mobile and it supports the backbone. So fuck yeah. Oh, nice. Got yeah, that, that was, I, I tried it on, I tried it first on Xbox because it was, you know, on Game Pass. I played for 15 minutes and I was like, 
oh yeah, but I'm gonna want to play this like not on my Xbox, but like on a handheld device. Tried it on mobile. I didn't love how it felt on the the touchpad or like to check sure. the yeah, touch yeah. screen. I didn't think to bring it to open up my um backbone my backbone for the first time in a while. So I just I loaded it up on my Steam Deck. Steam Deck. Yeah. Well, you get a bigger screen there too. You have more. I played sure. it a little bit on that Logitech G Cloud device that they Ooh. sent me. That that that, run, that oh, yeah. basically I use as like a Game Pass machine. Um, and it works great. It, it, honestly, it took me, I don't know if, if, if you guys had a similar experience, but the first time I picked it up and played it, it took me a second to even understand what was going on because like, it, it, takes, you a sec- it takes you a second to realize the game doesn't even ask you to press a button. Like, you, yeah. like, you, like in the, obviously when you go into menus, you do, but like in the main gameplay, Just it, move. It, one thumbstick, that's it. It's that yeah. fucking simple. That's but a, I you, had the joke tweet a couple weeks ago. It was like, people will complain about walking sims and then put dozens of hours into Vampire Survivor. It's funny. <laughs> but but, but, as, but as you know, Barrett, because you played it uh, probably as much as I have at this point, that once you get into like the different builds and stuff oh, like that, yeah. there's a lot of depth there as well. Oh, yeah. A lot of strategy. It's fun. I love it. And when, and when you get, to, when you get, I, had to, I tweeted it out. I very rarely do those like Xbox, like capture this clip and tweet it thing. But I did it over last weekend because I got, I stumbled into a build uh, in, and on one of the later levels too, which is tough. But I stumbled into a build that was like, you know, where you, where you get so fucking OP, you can just stand there and oh, just yeah. not even have to move. And, but at that point, like your, your shields you've got around you are so fucking good. They'll just eat anything. So satisfying. One of the, one of the most purely viscerally satisfying video games I've ever played. I Hell wish people yeah. were talking about it even more than they already are. Because I, th- I still think, even as much as people have woken up to how good Vampire Survivors is, they're still sleeping still on it Still not enough buzz bit. for it. Yeah. yeah. Everybody go play Vampire Survivors. Uh, number six on the Roper Report, Bloober Team is feeling high pressure to deliver with its Silent Hill 2 remake. This is Tom Ivan at VGC. I know that's a kind of like no shit headline. They talk a little bit about what they're doing with the game later on. Bloober Team has said it's feeling significant pressure to meet expectations with its Silent Hill 2 remake. Following months of anticipation, Konami announced in October that the Polish studio behind the medium, Layers of Fear, and Blair Witch was remaking the 2001 survival horror game for PS5 and PC. In a new interview with Dread XP, Bloober's chief marketing officer, Anna Jasinski, uh, said the company overcame, quote, many other studios to land the dream project, an outcome which she said uh, left it feeling both overjoyed and apprehensive. As far as apprehension, yes. The pressure is high since we're dealing with one of the best psychological horror games ever made. We want to stick close to the original, and we will put it in the spotlight for years to come. Powered by Unreal Engine 5, the remake will introduce an over-the-shoulder camera while Bloober is rebuilding the combat system and certain set pieces. Anna said the studio is modernizing the game where needed, but taking a very safe approach to any changes it makes. Quote, we are focusing on bringing distinct visceral atmosphere back in the modernized Silent Hill 2. Longtime fans shouldn't worry about us missing the point while we're livening up the title. We faithfully stick to the traditional story canon while remaking the gameplay and updating the graphics from the ground up. These are the reasons why Konami entrusted us with the remake in the first place. End quote. Gary, this is an interesting one where I feel Silent Hill 2 does have obviously, oh my God, it was so scary and so great. And yada, yada, yada. I played Silent Hill 2 back in 2001 and I can't tell you much about it. So it's one of those where I'm like, oh, a remake, cool. I think the game's going to look so dramatically different and play so dramatically different that I, I'm not worried about it, you know, being uh, faithful to Silent Hill 2. And I know there are fans, but I feel like more people are in my boat where they've heard Silent Hill 2 is something special, but I don't think they're going to be... I mean, it's more just don't fuck up the game. Make the game fun slash scary. Yeah, look, you know, you know me. I'm not a horror guy. I don't think I've ever played a Silent Hill game. I, I very much doubt I ever will. Um, but you know, I, obviously it's, it's one of the core 
like pillars of the horror genre, right? Like if you, you say to anyone who knows anything about video games, like name, name, a, name a horror video game, like, or name three, Silent Hill is going to be one of them, right? It's going to be one of the first sure. names that come to mind. Uh, so, and its reputation is, is well earned. Um, obviously, it's unfortunately been allowed to kind of just lay fallow for a while as all of, I still think it's one of the great crimes that Konami is just sitting on these fucking properties, not doing anything with Castlevania, not doing anything with, with, uh, with I mean, We're getting Dead Cells and DLC. Yes, yeah, but, but again, like that, 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 that had to come in through the back door, you know, that wasn't really, <laughs> that, well, that wasn't like a thing that they did. That was like, so, that, that came about precisely because they weren't making, it's like, well, yeah. people, the developers were going, well, fuck, if, 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 um, if Konami's not going to make uh, Castlevania games anymore, we'll just fucking do it. That's how you get Dead Cells. That's how you get whatever that other one was that, that, that was actually made by one of the Castlevania uh, developers. I can't remember what it's called. Leg Legacy of, 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 of blood spurting or all over the place or whatever it was called. Um, they all have those weird names. Um, even Vampire Survivors, you know, it, was, was, it started off with like Castlevania graphics, right? right? It, has that, it has that vibe. So I think that's a, that's a shame overall. I really wish that Konami would kind of, like, again, if you're not gonna if you're not gonna make these games, like at least license them to you know developers that will, or just sell it automatically to Xbox and let and, and let them make them. Um, if you want to go make money on pachinko machines instead, that's fine. But like, let people, you know, let people like these games, and it's crime to Metal just Gear. Let, sit there. let somebody let somebody do something with Metal Gear. Give them Absolutely. let's get a Metal Gear remake. Um, and so. Yeah, it's not of personal interest to me, but I, I, you know, I, I hope that people who like Silent Hill are are happy with the remake because what we've seen, for example, with Resident Evil already is, you know, two people really like Resident Evil Two, the remake, three the less so. Now there's high hopes for four, so you know, you never know what you're going to get. And um, yeah. uh, but you know, I, 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 I always prefer things to be good rather than bad, so I hope it's good for, for the sake of <laughs> Silent Hill fans who are stand out in that regard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then final in Roper Report today, number seven, uh, the founder of Games Done Quick is leaving the organization. This is an official press release from them. Today, Games Done Quick announced that its founder, uh, Mike Uyama, will be departing from the organization. Since the first Games Done Quick event, which took place in Mike's mother's basement in 2010, the organization has grown to raise more than $41 million for charities like Prevents Cancer, Prevent Cancer Foundation and Doctors Without Borders. After 13 years, Mike is ready for a new adventure. Matt Merkel, GDQ's longtime director of operations, will take over Mike's responsibilities as owner and managing director. The organization will hire a new assistant manager to help with duties previously held by Merkel. That's Matt. Uh, while Games Done Quick is sad to part ways with Mike, the organization remains dedicated to the community he helped grow while living up to the legacy of camaraderie and altruism he leaves behind. Quote, since I started Games Done Quick, I've seen it grow from a small volunteer effort to the thriving organization it is today, Mike said. Uh, I would not have been able to do it without the help of Matt uh, Merkel and uh, growth... And the growth of GDQ uh, would not have been possible without the help of the speedrunning community, which has grown both in size and diversity over the years. I'm not sure where I'll go next, but one thing I am sure about is that I will take a break and a vacation before diving first or headfirst into my next adventure. End quote. What do you think about speedrunning, Greg? Are you a fan of it? No, it's never been my jam. Like I, I, I think I think it's awesome. I think it's a cool hobby. I think I love that this happens. You know, games done quick. I know. First off, does so much good. Thank you so much, Mike, for creating an organization like this and raising so much money and doing all this stuff and keeping it going for so long. I know that that's a big thing in our community that people really like. It's just never been my jam to watch people do it. I think it's interesting of how fast you can beat a game, but it's just not my thing. You? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same. I, I, I realize that I come across a lot these days as like the old man that's complaining about how, you know, modern music doesn't have a tune you can whistle to or anything, or, you know, it's, 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 it's bleeps it's, and bloops. <laughs> it's all just, it's all just noise. 
Why is everyone so angry? Um, <laughs> Speedrunning is a weird thing. Like, is it's an impressive, it's a very specific, very odd, very weird skill to have, right? Like, sure. speedrunners, the best speedrunners are employing tremendous levels levels of skill. I'm friends with um, Grand Pooh Bear, who's one of the one of the sure. better known speedrunners, and that does does amazing stuff. Really, really nice guy, and, you know, and like genuinely good at games just when regularly playing them but then is also able to apply that skill in a very specific way in terms of uh speed running um and it's i don't know it's just an odd thing isn't it it's like how much what what a speed runner is basically saying is how much can i glitch and 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 be and exploit this game in order to finish it while playing it as little as possible right sure. that's basically what the point of speed running is because a they lot of these speedruns aren't just, but... what, I, what I was disappointed when I discovered about speedrunning is like, oh, it's not about like playing through the game in a conventional way, but just like really, really fast because you're really good. It's yeah. more about like, oh, I found a glitch where we can just skip seven levels. I'm like, oh, okay, well, so fucking what? Like, Gary, here's what I'm not I'll playing you. the game. I had the exact same experience years ago now. Tim and I, for I forget what anniversary it was, but we went to Sony Santa Monica and hosted a God of War speedrunning thing where this is the, where I infamously kissed Corey Barlog, but it was before 2018. So none of you knew who it was or cared. And no, nobody talks about it now when they interview him that I kissed him. Doesn't matter. Anyways, though, it was the same thing of like, oh man, I can't wait to see how good these guys are at God of War. And then it was like, no, nah, I jumped seven times in this corner. I glitched through the wall and I got, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I thought it was no, going to be like the, a one the, hit kill and everything. The, the glitchless the runs, which are just like pure skill, I genuinely find those interesting to watch. I did get sucked into watching one. I can't, don't remember who the streamer was, but somebody did a speed run on. I don't know if you know this game, Jump King. That's been around for the last few years. It's kind of became notorious for like driving streamers crazy because it's a real, it's a platform game where you're constantly kind of jumping vertically to get to the top of a really tall tower. But the game's designed in such a way that if you miss a jump, you can fall like all the fucking way back down to the bottom. Oh. Kind of similar to how you could with um, uh, getting up with Bennett Foddy. And so like when, when you would miss a jump, you get three quarters away to the top and then fucking get sent all the way back down because you missed one jump. And yeah. there's, like, there's lots of videos out there of streamers like fucking losing their shit over this game. But like, that, so that's a very, very skill-based game. Like you have, you've got to be good at that game, to, to good at games to finish that game. And I watched some guy speed run that in like record time. There's no glitches, like he was just really fucking good at it. Sure. And it was genuinely impressive to, to watch. Well, there you go. If you like it, good. If you don't, no big deal. But more than anything, uh, Mike, good job creating games done quick. Enjoy your rest. Gary, I can't wait to see how people speed run games like Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, but that day is so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go? Uh, it's been a while. Uh, the official list of up-and-coming software on each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show host each and every weekday. Out today, you have Invincible. That's right. Robert Kirkman's Invincible costumes in Fall Guys. Fuck yes. Oh, that's uh, right. They just sent me a code for that. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, no Man's Sky has an expansion dropping. Scott Pilgrim vs. the World Complete Edition is on Steam, and Cotton Fantasy is also on PC. Meanwhile, deals of the day for you, we have a brand new Xbox bundle introducing the Xbox Series X Forza Horizon 5 bundle, including an Xbox Series X and wireless controller and Forza Horizon 5 Premium Edition with Hot Wheels expansion, VIP pass, car pass, welcome pack, and a second expansion when available. This Xbox Series X bundle will be available worldwide and will start shipping to retailers in US, Canada, and select markets in Asia this week. Bundles will start shipping around Europe, Latin America, and more regions later this month. Here's where I think I want to say, chat, it's not even worth it you're wronging me. I want to say it was $5.99. I thought I put that in here. Here, GameSpot's article, clicking on that, and $5.60. $5.60, everybody, for that. $560 you want that one. Uh, Gary, we asked people watching live, 
on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games and of course youtube.com slash kind of funny games to write into kind of funny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up a few people wrote in about this one but we will go to nanobiologist who says of note laura kate dale stated weirdly nintendo is the own i'm sorry Weirdly, Nintendo is the only one of the three console manufacturers that we know tried to push for a multi-platform accessibility controller. Uh, Nano links to a tweet, right? That is where that come from. Laura continues, Reggie uh, confirmed that during his time at the company, Nintendo was working on a controller and pushing for it to be multi-platinum or platform, multi-platform. That's interesting. I never, I missed that story. Interesting. Yeah, like I said, it's one of the reasons why it's odd to think about is it strike. It does strike me as the kind of thing that Nintendo would do. You know, but yeah. they haven't. I mean, maybe now that they're, it's like it, it, the, 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 the paradigm just shifted, right? It went from, there's all these game platforms out there and Xbox is the only one with an access, 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 accessibility solution, right? Yeah. Now PlayStation's in, now the, now the story is, well, Nintendo's the only company that doesn't have one, right? So I don't know, maybe, maybe they'll change their calculus uh jack martin wrote in says to gary's point switching between xbox adaptive controller and project leonardo it's worth noting that the xbox adaptive controller can be used on ps4 and ps5 with an adapter i okay. thought that was true about it and i did a quick google while we were live and i could not get a conclusive result so thank you jack i think it's out of the box right it just doesn't work but you can you can finagle it too uh nano says power watch simulator released in early access in 2021 but its full release was july 2022 with almost double the maps and the last early access See, i patch. thought because other uh, other outlets when they're releasing their game of the year conversations were talking about it and i was like damn i guess all those people just played it in 2022 and didn't know it came out in 2021 so thank you it's for one of those things as you know gary usually ahead of the curve and that's true no he is a trendsetter he is a trendsetter um continue on you're wrong here oh uh bander sn says gary was thinking of bloodstained ritual of the night there you uh, go castlevania which, game. which sounds ex which is obviously yeah, they right, picked that go. title to make it sound exactly like it's a castlevania game right that's what i was saying like you can make it you can make a castlevania title just out of like just throwing words together you know like yeah ritual of the damned or you know yeah, bloodstain of that. the you know it's, it's, it's all it's all that shit Sim uh, Zio in the chat Symphony says, I prefer of, Gary's Symphony legacy of, misery of blood or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> legacy of blood spurting. No, it was, it was, it was, it was legacy of the bloody, of the blood spurting all over the place. That Jesus was Christ. That was the full title. <laughs> Nano says the God of War speedrunning thing was in 2015. And then Kebab says, I don't think No Man's Sky is actually getting expansion today. Is it for the Switch version? I go from releases.com and they say No Man's Sky Expedition 8 Polestar is supposed to be out today in the, in the US and UK. Uh, I am unsure beyond that. So go ahead and look at that, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe it's pull stars out. Maybe it's not. Maybe I made it all up. It doesn't really matter. No one's listening to this part of the show. You know, you know if you're listening to this part, tweet at me, fart, 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 and then I'll know you made it this far, but you didn't make it this far. You're only doing it because you saw all the cool kids doing it. Uh, Kebab says, oh, that's a rerun. I don't understand what the I don't, I don't even know how you fucking rerun content in a game. I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's another episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily in the books tomorrow. It's supposed to be me and Blessing. Or so supposed to be in the studio. I wouldn't take Mother Vegas Nature odds on I would not bet your friends. Don't bet the house on that. We'll see what happens. Uh, of course, uh, you can get Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday on a variety of platforms. You could get it on patreon.com slash kindoffunny ad-free. Of course, you could also get the ability to watch all our podcasts live as we record them ad-free, including PSI Love You XOXO later this afternoon with me and Janet and maybe Blessing. 
we'll see what happens there. Uh, of course, I want to get you all the kind of funny content too, and yada, 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 but I hope you know that. And if not, go check out patreon.com slash kind of funny in the 38 monthly exclusive episodes we post there. Uh, if you have no bucks tossed our way, no big deal. Use the epic creator code kind of funny when you're checking out in the epic game store, when you're playing Fortnite, when you're playing Rocket League, when you're playing Rumbleverse on your platform of choice. Of course, you can get kind of funny games daily with ads for free on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services around the globe uh if you are watching live right now on twitch you are getting a and, and youtube i'm sorry you are getting a rainy day stream uh it's gonna be mike andy and nick so maybe all of them together maybe I one of them i think the update here uh on our calendars uh the most up-to-date maybe they're going into the back rooms but who knows maybe love we will see rooms. what happens we'll see no one bet anything and if you're listening later you're like i can't wait to see how this garbage truck on fire turned out well, try Go to tell mike to that YouTube. mike loves betting, kind of funny shit. Games. Uh, betting shit you know he's a betting sure. man that mike remember it is our eighth anniversary of kind of funny we love you and we couldn't do it without you gary i'm excited and happy that we got to celebrate it together uh absolutely listen i've missed doing kind of funny games daily you know you're number one on the and, bench whenever we need you and i'm sure and, uh, dare i say i think the people have missed me arguable you know i don't want it to go to your head i don't want it to go to your head <laughs> if you've missed gary go fucking listen to the x-cast right that's what it's there to go for over there and talk about the goddamn X xbox go over there you know i digress ladies and gentlemen until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you